Welcome to this Ocean Life podcast, episode 69. I'm your host, Josh Peterson. Today's episode, we have a special guest, Sachi Cunningham, a legendary woman of the water who's been photographing the waves, photographing, photographing the waves of Mavericks and other heavy breaks for close to 20 years. Sachi shares her stories of developing her strength swimming in the water as a youth, then finding her passion for photography, surfing, and waves. We hear of Sachi's first day swimming and shooting at Big Ocean Beach, her progression of capturing big wave photos from the water at both Mavericks and Jaws, Piaje and Maui, and the big wave community she has been part of for so long. Sachi talks about her focus for helping women in professional big wave surfing reach gender equity on the world tour, and her current project, She Changed the Film, that documents the events and key figures in that awesome story. We also hear Sachi's physical and mental approach to swimming in big surf and her love for introducing her young daughter to the ocean, just like so many of us do. So thanks for sharing Sachi's ocean life with us. If you're stoked on what you hear today, please go to shechangedthefilm.com, that's Sachi's website, and donate a few bucks to help make this great documentary around a great theme and topic a reality. So thanks for being here. Let's mellow out on the use of plastics so we can keep them out of the ocean. Now, let's get into the ocean life of Sachi Cunningham. Hey, Sachi, welcome to this Ocean Life podcast today. Thank you. Yeah, so here we are in the end of April 2019, and winter's over. And winter for you is a really busy time uh, because you're yes. flying around, you're in the water, you're again behind the camera in big surf taking photos and video so so talk about your winter this year and uh you know where you were what you were doing and maybe some of the highlights from it okay so we're talking about the 2018-19 winter season which honestly was kind of two years as the second year of i mean there were some there were some highlights but um, I think after the El Nino winter, it's a little hard to come down after <laughs> after having <laughs> massive swells almost every weekend to um, yep. the last two seasons have just been honestly pretty terrible. Um, yeah. There were a few beauty, you know, there we had this beautiful four day swell um, that hit Mavericks this winter, uh, mid December. And I've never seen four days straight like that um, at Mavericks of course I haven't been watching it forever but like in 20 years I haven't seen anything like that Um, so that was exciting for sure but of course that was kind of all we got Um, we had a few we had a few other days but um, no kind of XXL award-breaking days like those four days Um, we had a nice uh, swell at jaws um for the contest um and um i know pipeline in the outer reefs got a few good days but um in terms of like consistent multiple times getting in the water it was um pretty rare and then the year before last was like abysmal i mean there was almost yeah. no- there was almost nothing so so I don't know. It all just makes you appreciate what we do get. I think that um, we get a little spoiled with social media <laughs> and everything. It kind of at times seems like there's big, you know, big XXL swells going off, popping off all over the world at all, every any given moment. But um, yeah, they still remain these really rare, beautiful things. So it just it really just made me appreciate how much. Um, yeah, I do drop everything for these swells and, um, my family sacrifices 
for that and I sacrifice for that, but um, I think it's worth the sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, for the most part. I, I, <laughs> yeah, of course. I can relate to, I mean, that sort of 2017 winter was insane, you know, and then here where I'm in Santa Cruz, the lane getting waves, didn't see really anything close to that this year or really even last year. Or maybe yeah, it was the year before. I mean, this, this fall was just like non existent. Last year, December had a really nice run at Ocean Beach of like medium sized, just fun sized waves. But um, in terms of like the massive, I mean, I Ocean Beach really only had like one or two days that I would have, I considered like, you know, well, I yeah. don't want to say challenging because every day, I, the, the moment I let my guard down, of course, it's the smallest days that actually we get the most injured. But, um, <laughs> but you know, that we're really, um, yeah, what 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 we're used to seeing. I mean, some of what we're used to seeing. They're still, like I said, they're just rare, beautiful things. So yeah, we appreciate it that much more. It's true. Very much unicorns <laughs> of sorts. Yes. yes, exactly. So then give us an idea. You know, you're talking about being at Mavericks in, in Jaws. And so for folks who might not know what you're up to, sort of what do you do in the water, you know, and talk about the unique sort of the different aspects that you're doing of filmmaking, taking photos, not just on your own, but for your own projects, but also as part of the WSL, your big wave tour and all that. So give us that kind of high level there. Yeah, well, this year I was, um, I took a lot of, um, I, I was working on stories for a lot of different people. So I, I covered the Mavericks opener and the Jaws um, contest. So the big wave contest that the World Surf League had at um, Jaws in Maui, also known as Peahi. Um, I covered that. I did a print story. So I'm, I'm writing also. And I did a print story for the opener, the Mavericks opener for the World Surf League. Um mm-hmm. And I took some photos for them as well. Um, I also shot some photo and video for the New York Times. Sunday Magazine did a story about the women. And um, this month, uh, May, the cover of Marin Magazine has a feature article about Bianca Valenti. And um, one of my photos of her from Jaws from last season is on there. Um, And I'm making a film about Bianca and... Kay Joms and Cal Kenley and Andrea Muller and um, the women of the Committee for Equity in Women's Surfing, which successfully lobbied for a heat for women at the Mavericks contest and yeah. also secured equal pay, which in turn secured equal pay for all contests around the world in the World Surf League. The World cool. Surf League thus becoming the first sports league in history to pay men and we- women equally. Ah, awesome. So yeah. cool. It's got my so hands you... in all sorts of photo, print, <laughs> doc. Um, yeah, those are my main buckets. Yeah, lots going on there. Uh, how do you keep it all straight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question. <laughs> have a busy mind. Yeah, I got to have, huh? <laughs> yeah. So then, again, back to like the unique sort of uh, aspect of you basically creating this content right you're in the water you're on a ski you're swimming mm-hmm. too so let's talk about that a little bit you know and and one is one of the things that you know, al ramadan a mutual friend referred me to you and as i was looking at you and i'd heard some you know, i think i heard your name floating around of course uh but then once i dug in and did my social media kind of look at, at you it's like one of the neat things that you're doing that's very intriguing to me is you're in the water you're swimming with your camera in big waves um um, and not a lot of people do that. So mm-hmm. talk about that if you would. I mean, first, I'm really curious, how did you start 
that in the beginning? I mean, were you already, were you surfing big waves? Were you, how were you, were you comfortable in the water with big waves and then you decided to put a camera, sort of, you know, wrap a camera around your wrist as well? Or how did you get to the point where you're out swimming at Ocean Beach, swimming at Mavericks, taking photos and video from the water? Yeah. Um, well, it all seems so natural to me now, but um, yeah. but I definitely can understand that um, it's not entirely normal to look at 30 to 50 foot waves and say that I want to swim in there. Um, so yes, I'm, there's not many people doing that. And I really started 20, um, 23 years ago. Um, um, well, even before that, really, I mean, I've been a body surfer since I was a little girl and a competitive swimmer since I was seven years old. And mm. then I played, um, water polo and swam on the um team at brown university so that's division one um yeah. swim team so um so that lifetime of athletic training and training in the water is the first thing that brought me there um but i grew up actually in pittsburgh pennsylvania very far huh. from the ocean yeah um, so most of my time was you know i was spending two to four hours in a swimming pool six days a week um so when i came to southern california which is where my parents are from we would go to the beach every summer my grandparents would rent a beach house in capistrano beach california and since i was a baby i'd have two weeks every summer at the beach and and it was just like i mean from day one i mean that's always was the best two weeks of my life um, yeah. of the year were those <laughs> those times there were no surfers in my family just body surfers so i learned to body surf um but never learned to surf until i was actually 25 years old yeah. in santa cruz actually as i was doing an internship at san jose in san jose for the public television show there kteh and i would stop in santa cruz and a friend of mine from college brought me out and that's where i i first learned um to surf but nice. um yeah, but I was terrible. It took me like three months to stand <laughs> up. Like literally, I was just because I was so, it was because it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and I'm not used to not being good at things. And so I would just get so <laughs> frustrated. And so I would just kind of like, I think I was way too in my head those first, just like when I messed <laughs> up, I just like, you know, would mess up before I even stood up for a while after that. But yeah. Um, but I always felt comfortable swimming in the waves and I always knew that um, and I loved being out in the, that energy and just seeing that magnificent beauty. And so I always just knew I could um, swim out there. I knew I could be out there with my fins. Um, I knew I also couldn't be out there with my board. So I just, <laughs> stuck, I just stuck with the fins. And um, when I was in Japan, after I graduated from Brown, I taught English in Japan and ended up staying in Asia for three years and that's when I bought a camera and that was a film camera at that point there weren't digital cameras then mm -hmm. and I found a photographer and a mentor under in Japan and um and just started swimming so and then I the trip ended with I spent three months in Indonesia and um that's when I really got the bug and um yeah yeah so I was I was shooting before I could surf I was, yeah. I was shooting surf before I knew how to surf and right. that worked out for a while but now that I surf um I know that it's just making my photography better like I can always tell mm. a photographer who doesn't surf um yeah right you know you just kind of so I I it's always a it's always been or, or I guess it was more of a 
um, what, not to let but uh but whether to shoot or to surf i if i ever surfed <laughs> i always felt guilty if i saw something <laughs> beautiful i was just because i'm such a bad surfer it's just like almost felt selfish to go right. instead of shooting <laughs> um but i now just remind myself that it's actually making me a better photographer the better right. surfer i become the better photographer i become yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And now, do you find yourself kind of, I mean, and like, I, I've, I've seriously taken shots in the water like five times my entire life. So by no means am I an expert. But when I've done it recently, we got a like, little Neymar housing for the family just a few months back. I've been playing around. But going out to the lane where I surf a lot and f- taking photos, you're basically kind of watching, you're living, th- you're experiencing a wave through the through the eyes of somebody else almost from a different perspective. And so it's interesting to me. It's like seeing it versus actually living it, riding a wave. And so for you, you know, as a surfer and a photographer, do you, do you get a sense of what that person on that wave is feeling? Is that part of the juice for you is taking a shot of somebody is you can kind of almost feel from a certain perspective, what they're feeling on that wave as you're behind the lens. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and that's where exactly what I'm talking about, knowing how to surf totally changes my understanding of what they're doing on the wave and what they're feeling on the wave and yeah all of that for sure yeah so then vicariously right yeah and then so when did you so you go to japan you start shooting you're in the water you it feels like that's where you really developed your your love and passion for it then at some point you know there's of course other life stuff happens but at some point you're like hey i'm gonna go out right now where it's really big and maybe that was ocean Beach, maybe as Mavericks, but what was the first kind of your first experience and like what you as yourself would consider like heavy surf? Like what drew you out there? When was that? Yeah, I mean, I actually um, I shot from a Zodiac at Mavericks and I think the first time was 2000. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a totally different. I mean, so being on a ski and being on a boat. Like I, that's technically going out in big, big surf, but you're mm-hmm. so detached. Ultimately, you're not in the water, right? Um, I actually get really um, kind of frustrated after a big wave session where, where I've only been on a ski because you get all this energy and you're totally amped with this, like all the surf and the full moon and all of this. Um, but at the end of the day, you just have sat on a jet ski all day. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you kind of haven't dispelled, you haven't um, done anything with that energy. Um, but yeah, I think the first big surf that I swam in was at Ocean Beach. And it was swimming out with Bianca on, um, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was that. It was, there's some, t- I think it was uh, Black uh, Tuesday, Black, what, what is Friday, Black Friday. Um, oh, wow. Um, in 2014 or 13. Yeah. Um, there was a big swell and, um, I knew Bianca was getting out there paddling and I wanted to start shooting her. Um, and she kind of took me out under her, under her wing and, um, just waited for me to catch up with her. Most people will just paddle and take off and you never see them again. That's kind of a typical, typical session at Ocean Beach. (laughs) Um, but she waited and I got completely rattled the first time I went 
out and I, I told bad. her as much that I, I wasn't sure I was going to make it because I was scared shitless by yeah. getting throttled all over the place and you lose a lot of <laughs> air and you know then that all the energy gets zapped out of you and you're just like this is maybe not the best idea um, <laughs> but I just um, I just tried it another time and um, I got out and so that was the beginning of what would become um, a fruitful relationship shooting Bianca at Ocean Beach and then um, now and then the natural progression from either swimming or surfing at Ocean Beach is to swim and surf at Mavericks. So um, yeah. so that's the last few seasons I've been um, swimming at Mavericks and and it's actually it's it's but it's yet it's so different because um, I don't know Mavericks is seemingly can be easier because there's mm -hmm. a channel yeah there's, there's some safety no real, there yeah. yeah there's some some safety to that channel but um but it's just such a different beast that wave is just <laughs> of magnitudes yeah. there's magnitudes of difference between that wave and and ocean beach in terms of the amount of water and then of course you have the the reef underneath rather than sand and, yeah you know sharks and all that other stuff <laughs> very different i mean that's the thing about like big beach breaks and i've only surfed ocean beach a couple times and i wouldn't call it big in terms of ocean beach standards but as some days like moss landing down here where it's big and same thing it's like you think you're safe and i'm kind of putting myself in your shoes in the water with the camera floating with your fins and you kind of think you're safe like you think you're in like maybe a little channel uh, or the peaks here and you feel you feel like you're safe but then you know how those beach breaks work it's all of a sudden you're like what is that and on the horizon for some reason the set is just aiming right where you where you are and you thought you were safe but you're not and there's really nowhere to run you know yeah, exactly. um, but then there's a there's a kind of a similar thing at Mavericks I'm guessing which is you have a channel and you could haul ass over if you need to. So you know you could do that. But also those things swing wide, right? And so exactly. I mean, so what's your how do you play that? I mean, I get the ocean beach thing. It's like sometimes you're just gonna get drilled. With Mavericks, you're like, hey, I know where I could go, but you might not be able to outrace one of those, you know, the the big sweepers, you know. So how do you play that? What's your kind of tactics? When you're uh, out my there? tactic is I always go out with my own water safety. So yeah. I whether I'm shooting from a ski or not, I, I hire a ski to mm. watch me. That's so, cool. Um, yeah. So I, there was one wave um, on the Super Bowl swell of February 4th, 2017 uh, or yep. 16. Um, there uh, was a set that that exact thing happened. I was, I was, everyone got swept. I mean, it was, there was no escaping. It was just going to crash right it was crashing a huge wave crashing right in front of me yep. and I was able to dive deep enough to get around that one. But there was another one right behind it and I popped up and luckily um, Tom Maroc, the guy that I, uh, a friend that lives at ocean beach that also surfs Mavs and he actually did water safety at the ranch for the last few years. And he, yeah. um, he, I had, you know, hired him to be my safety that day, and he just swung right in there in between the sets, and I, you know, grabbed onto the sled, and he zipped me out, and as he was zipping me out, I was, I mean, I had a huge smile on my face. Oh. I was actually super thrilled and <laughs> stoked on um, 
the that I was able to dive under that, but um, but I was looking yeah. at that one coming toward us, and I was just like, I'm so glad I don't have to dive under that one. Oh man, you must have felt um, so good. You probably gave him a big yeah. tip that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there were um, a few times this this season actually on that four day swell, I was swimming over on the left, and um, and I just I. I just got lucky. Basically, I, I asked to get I, I hopped on a ski. There were two times that I hopped on the ski, like right. It just so happened that it was like right before I would have gotten demolished. Like, really? Yeah. So I think I've gotten lucky, but I've gotten lucky with the help of, you know, of these skis and these guys that know what they're doing. And yeah, yeah. So, but you've yeah. still taken plenty of beatings, I'm guessing. I mean, definitely at Ocean Beach, and I'm sure at Mavs, even with skis nearby. And so what? what's kind of like your approach there, like that sort of mental aspect, when you know you're taking a heavy beating, or even seconds before you know you're about to take a heavy beating, kind of how do you prepare yourself kind of mentally for that? Yeah. Um, well, the trick is to dive early, deep and early, um, especially, I mean, it depends on how the, where the wave's about to break, but the, if the wave's about to, if you're in the impact zone and there's nowhere to go, you you just have to dive way before that wave detonates so that you're as close to the bottom as possible when it breaks. And um, that gives you the best chance of escaping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah. Um, what was the question? How do I deal or what? Sort of the mental aspect, right? Yeah. I mean, you, so yeah. I just take a deep breath. <laughs> I just, you just have to um, suspend all reality and logic. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I, that's actually the biggest thing of surfing Ocean Beach and swimming at Ocean Beach. Cause I can remember the very, it's funny. You remember like your very first time going out in big surf like that. Yeah. I can remember this was actually even pre going out with Bianca. I remember going out on a, a really big day at Ocean Beach. I, I don't know, like twenty is in like two thousand one or something. And um, just looking at those walls of white water and just being like, okay, I can't. I know that that's thirty feet of white water, but like I can't think about that being thirty feet of white. Like I can't. You right. can't really let that sink in in the yep. reality. If that sink in you just have to be it's like it's just white water it's right all, i just the only thing i can do is dive under it and so um i usually just um make sure that i'm i look at it and i like have a reckoning and i'm just like take a deep breath and just make sure i'm completely calm and right um and yeah, hold my breath and dive as deep as I can. <laughs> In the end, that's what it is, right? Just getting uh, getting deep yep. <laughs> and breathing and just holding your breath as long as you can. And then relaxing. Yeah. yeah. Just hold it and then just relaxing. If you get swept up in it, um, yep. to just relax. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's about, it's, it's just about letting go, really. It's about, right. it's letting go of all that tension and all of that worry and just um, succumbing to the force yeah that's right that's right the fact the matter and that's that's all you could do so then you know you grew up as a really strong swimmer but you know doing that you didn't have a camera in your hands right so you're able to use arms and legs but Mm -hmm. with a camera in your hands you're limited with what you could do with your upper body so your fins you have that right but still it's like legs 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 it's all legs and so what about like leg cramps because when i'm diving and spearfishing like i'm just notorious for leg cramps and i've had those even surfing too where you get like the calf lockout even worse like the full-on like leg lockout and you just you really can't even do anything you know so do you have problems with leg cramps and 
Nate, when you're out there? Yeah, I know people complain about that. I am knock on wood. Luckily, I've never experienced that. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, yeah. I also ran cross country um, when I was in high school <laughs> and did some marathons as an adult. Um, so I don't know if that has yeah. to do it. But I've always, um, legs have always been, legs have always been my stronger, stronger part of my body. Right. swimming as well for sure yeah cool and so then you know as you go through like the summertime where you're not in the water maybe or maybe you are i mean i mean here's the question really how do you then pr- keep yourself in shape knowing that like hey it's october i'm pretty close to you know the winter arriving where i'm going to be in the water for you know hours at a time swimming do you have an active kind of training routine in sort of the off season quote unquote sort of where you you know you're keeping yourself in shape for those big days in the water yeah. Um, I mean, definitely the best training I think is being out in the elements and just, yep. um, you know, cause, um, both mentally and physically, cause you know, like that, that lapse of understanding of how big things are. I'm now at a point where I don't really have a good gauge of what, how big things are. And so I, yeah. I done a lesson with, um, I, I did a lesson with these LA times photographers in the water and I didn't think it was, I, I just thought it was a, it was southern california so it was just yep. like oh whatever so small and like yep easy and then like all of them not all of them i shouldn't say but there was some uh terror <laughs> <There was> like, <laughs> some, and every and all the surfers afterwards were like that was really heavy that you guys were out there and i was just like oh yeah it is heavy like i have to like remind that yeah <laughs> yeah that, like my perspective is a little warped at this point yep um but Training wise, so aside from mentally is um, off season is actually when I'm probably training the most because mm-hmm. I'm not in the elements as much, you know, so um, I like to do a resistance training workout with uh, Simon Fathers, who's a local mm-hmm. um, SFPT is his business. And so that's three mornings a week. Um uh, at, when I'm when I'm good, um, that's also it's hard with a six year old and a husband that works in Palo Alto <laughs> to negotiate yes. that morning workout every yep. week, every three times a week. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I do my best there. Um, I do some running. I'd like to do more running, um, just for cardio. Um, and then I have done. I'd actually like to re get some. Uh, Take I, I've done um, apnea training. I did the performance freediving class. I'd yep, like to do cool. that again, actually, just to yeah review that stuff. And I do some breath holding um, exercises, and um, I did some training with the big wave water, big right. wave risk assessment group. Brag. Um, yeah. I also do some water training and stuff. So yeah, so it's a combination of mental, physical stuff on the off season and during the season. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So how was the brag training? I, I, it's relatively new and I've been checking it out a bunch just because it's interesting. Um, what did, how, did you, after you went through it, did you identify areas of improvement for just your own safety and just mode of operation in the water? Yeah, I still need to. I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, I am at a disadvantage being smaller, I think, in terms of water rescue or, you know, disadvantage might not be the right word, but um, I have unique challenges being small you know if i'm gonna be trying to save someone who's 200 pounds and put them on a ski right you know you just have to develop different techniques for getting people on a sled and stuff like that um so i think that's where i need 
to, I, I just would like to continue do more, doing more, learning more on that front. Um, because if I'm going to continue being out in the water, I'm yep. going to continue to be on a ski, which is of course, above all, um, the best rescue vehicle yeah. out yep. there. So yeah. I wonder, and that's actually why after that first time I went out at Mavs in 2000 on that Zodiac, the driver had, it was very clear that the driver had no idea what he was doing <laughs> and you're really vulnerable. I was just like, what am I doing out on this boat with this huge wave coming towards me and no idea what to do if this thing hits us, you know? So right, it was right. that, that I actually took my first safety course with Sean Eladio, who does this yeah. training. Yeah. So I did that in 2001 and, um, but I'd like more ski time. I'd like to Someday, I'll hopefully I'll have a ski, and um, can just like be completely adept at at water rescue. Yeah, yeah, right on. So, then how would you, you know, after spending so much time? I mean, geez, we're coming up on almost twenty years at Mavericks of you being in the water, and a lot of time at Jaws, right? The big wave on Maui. How how would you mm-hmm. compare and contrast those two? waves just from pure from a from the form of a wave and then also how would you compare and contrast from somebody shooting you know documenting activity on the waves mm-hmm. yeah that's the question i always ask people <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's see how am i going to answer that um well there are two beautiful waves and we're so lucky to have them um i mean it's just so nice to have them at our fingertips here and then just a short plane ride away but um jaws i mean jaws is just so beautiful it's the water is just so you know crystal clear blue when the sun comes over the mountains and hits it first light that golden hawaiian light is just there's really nothing there's nothing like there's nothing like it and um I think Jaws barrels more, um, probably. It's um, whatever because of the contour of the reef and everything. I think it just is more. Um, it, it just is more prone to barrel consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean that Jaws barrel. There's really nothing. I mean, there's been a few barrels at at Mavs, but um, not quite as you know it's just almost like a regular occurrence yeah. at jaws now for people to get barreled ever since Shane did it first right mm-hmm. so um so when i think of jaws i think of that big barrel when i think of um and there's of course two well now people are surfing both sides of the wave at mavericks but um jaws is a much wider uh, lineup and playing mm-hmm. field um from one peak of the wave one side of the wave to the other so there's really two zones that people are are waiting for the wave you know whereas mavericks right. there's one very small condensed area that people mm-hmm. can take off on so i think um from the surfer's perspective if it's um maybe a little harder or it's a little more competitive or you know at mavericks because there's just that one spot you can take off on whereas right. jaws seems like um there's more opportunity to um to get in that right spot in mm-hmm. some ways, you know, because there's more than one spot. Um, and then, I mean, it's just, I don't know, who was saying this? It almost seems like the the foam is, like, lighter in in Hawaii. <laughs> really? Like, Not as heavy and I, green? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's just, like, our um, in our imagination, but it just seems, like, so uh, airy, the 
and there could be something to it because it's close, you know, um, breaking a little closer to shore than Mavericks and on a different kind of um, bottom. And so maybe it is a little more um, airy, that foam, instead of, um, I don't know, you always hear about the, just Mavericks in general, it's dark water, it's dark, it's completely pitch black. Um, You know, (laughs) Keala Kenley talks about the first time she surfed at Mavs and made the mistake of opening up her eyes when she was getting tumbled underneath oh. <laughs> and, didn't, and that nobody warned her that it was pitch black down there. Yeah. Um, Just don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that kind of um, sums up the difference. It's like pitch black and ominous and dark and scary at Mavericks, whereas Jaws, there's a certain kind of joy um there that i think <laughs> is just um uh, somehow doesn't exist that that sounds terrible but i just think um there's also the fact that there's been deaths at mavericks and yep. knock on wood there haven't been the same kind of drownings at jaws so right, um, right. so you know all, all that kind of factors into two different uh feelings um and energy at those waves but um from a surfer's perspective i think they like them both um they they offer each have something unique to offer from my perspective as a shooter um the same i haven't swum at jaws as much as i've swum at um mavericks but Uh i'd like to um get in there more there have been people that have done it um because of that barrel shot that um yeah creates an opportunity for me as a photographer to to get in that barrel also so that's that's my long-term goal. That's my ultimate goal is to be in one of those barrels with my camera someday. Rad, rad, rad. Well, I can't wait to see that picture when you get that one. Uh, that would be pretty insane. <laughs> so as you mentioned earlier, you know, a, a lot of the time recently spent in the water has been, you know, taking film, developing a film and back to, you know, your efforts to help, you know, um, enable women on big wave tour and then that trickle down to just surfing in general reach parity with with pay you know in the contests mm-hmm. and everything and and part of that is um you're built you're creating a film called she change or are you finished with that is mm-hmm. that a big project right now that's focused on that that subject right correct yeah so i've been shooting that for the last four years um on my own with my own camera with my own sweat equity yeah um and and um, I've got about 50% done, I'd say, um, but I've held off on doing a lot of the interviews um, and um, some, I still want to get the Mavericks contest is the main thing that I still want to shoot. Um, and so since that contest didn't happen this year, yep. we'll wait and keep our fingers crossed that it happens next year. Um, but as far as the filmmaking is concerned i'm actually glad for the extra time because that gives me time to raise money um because what i would like to do and why i have held off on um, a lot of the interviews is i'd just like it to have a unified look and um to just do that really that part really efficiently along with the editing um Mm -hmm. and the editing is really always the most expensive thing so um I'm currently trying to raise a little over a million dollars to do that. Nice. um, I am um, soon to announce a partnership uh, with a guy named Luis Ahoyos, who uh, directed this documentary called The Cove about dolphin slaughter in Japan that won an Academy Award um, 10 years ago. And um, he is going to come on as an executive producer, and I'm hoping will help me 
get the budget to bring this home. And um, yeah, so the goal is to have it pretty much edited by the time the almost done by the time the season starts next fall. So that all we have to do is then put in the Mavericks content. Oh yeah. Hopefully can release it shortly after the contest. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So then how did take us back to like how you first got hooked up into that? I mean, did it, did it stem from like this project? you're working on this movie did it stem from your just your time in the water with uh, with some of the big wave you know women surfers and just sort of casual conversations about pay and then how did that grow into basically having succeeded in getting the wsl to you know basically put women on parity with men with the, the payment and everything and then so how did that all develop over time yeah well i um when i was at the la times on staff i was on the uh, video team at the la times i had done a story about the first big wave world tour for men called chasing the swell and Mm -hmm. i was following around greg long and mark healy among others as they chased the swell from hawaii to mavericks to totos and um during that year-long project is when they actually ended up successfully holding the first big wave tour for men Mm. Um, that was 2009, 2010. And, um, so I had known the big wave community before then, but I really, you know, was completely, um, meshed in it. And, uh, that's when I started seeing women and that was, you know, my beat, that was the, the, the story that I was, um, most passionate about. And, um, of course to then start to see women and start to see this other story form, um, it was clear that, that was going to be my next one. Um, yeah. So when I met Bianca, she, of course, is the one who's surfing Mavericks the most. And um, at first, uh, there was a invitational in 2014, the Wicker Super Sessions, where um, Nico Sell, a tech entrepreneur in Huffington um, Bay, she put on this contest um, sponsored by Wicker, this messaging app that she own that she um invited it couldn't be an actual contest because of the permitting issues but it was an invitational and they invited 12 other women from around the world to come and surf mavericks and i shot in the water on that day and that was actually my first time swimming in the lineup at mavericks and it was incredible to just be in the water with 12 other women it was like we all knew that this was a rare and beautiful unique thing happening and um after that it was very clear who the stars were um kk page and andrea just kind of showed mm-hmm. up and blowed up the way that maui, <laughs> the way the maui boys did when they first came to mavs also during that super bowl sun, same super bowl sunday swell when those women showed up it was just like i mean they just surfed the wave like it was nothing like it was yeah. no you know they were just wow. like what what no no problem um, I mean, <laughs> what's the big deal get go i mean andrea she got the first wave of the session and her board hit her face she cut a gash in her face she's a para- full-time paramedic so she ended up actually stitching herself up and oh, swimming nice. back out paddling back out and continuing to surf and wow. so just like that whole display of athleticism and bravery was just uh jaw dropping really and yeah yeah um, and i just started following i focused on i i knew i couldn't do well i would actually still love to do a story on all of the women i knew i had to focus on on i had need to focus and so i was just fortunate enough to 
pick the right one. I mean, I just, um, you know, focused on those four women. And mm -hmm. as I started following them, they formed this uh, committee for equity in women's surfing, which was like a players league that was lobbying for change and equal pay. And so I just, um, just saw that story continue to develop. And then of course this year it, I mean, it was, it was making international news already, just trying to get the heat. But then yep. um, the fact that the World Surf League, um, you know, made this decision to pay men and we women equally across the board just made it a, a really, um, I think, a huge moment in sport. So I'm really right. just fortunate and happy to have been along for the ride. Yeah. Oh, how cool. I'm sure you played an instrumental role in there as well, just helping to get the word out. You know, you have these foreign women who are powerhouses in their sport, forming sort of, you know, uh, not unionizing, but, you know, coming together and then trying to grow it. But having a medium through you and your work and knowledge of just sharing, telling a story, you know, I, I'm guessing that had a big impact as well in the success of the whole effort. Thank you. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is these waves on their own you know it's they're nice at pictures and everything but um i think without a story attached to it it's um mm -hmm. doesn't have nearly the same power and impact right yeah yeah it's true so curious you know I, i've spent well i'm not a big wave guy i have friends who are i spent some days out um I was like a boat caddy during a couple of events and during the Jay Moriarty filming. And so I've had some of those guys mm. you mentioned on my boat. So I've seen in my friend Zach Wormhout and others here, I've, I've been sort of tangentially around the big wave community. And it's a different sense of camaraderie between, you know, in general, uh, between the surfers than it is on just, you know, your normal shortboard type of, you know, wave. Curious to get your thoughts. I mean, and I'm guessing I'd, and I know Sarah Gerhardt here. I've spoken with Bianca a couple of times, but not, you know, I don't, I don't know those the women community. So how would you kind of compare and again <laughs> compare and contrast sort of that that camaraderie of the women of big waves and then the men of big waves also? Is it very similar? Is it different? Kind of what, how do you see that? Yeah, I think it's actually very similar. I remember um, Twiggy at that invitational, the Super Sessions invitational in 2014, him saying something to the effect he was there as a um, kind of ambassador and um, he gave a little speech at the end of the day when they were handing out awards and um, he was saying that seeing the women reminded him of big weight surfing in its infancy when there yeah. were also only a few dozen guys that were doing this and right. so I think there's a similar camaraderie and just being kind of the first and only um, mm -hmm. because you think that I certainly, before I met Bianca and before this crew of women descended onto Mavericks, I just, you know, you just think you're kind of this freak that's um, doing this right. thing all in, in isolation. <laughs> and then you see these women show up that are like, oh, they get it. They've been doing this too. And, and all of a sudden you're not alone. And so you're automatically and very quickly drawn to people who share that, that passion right. with you, right? Um, and who are better than you. I mean, that's the beauty of, of competition and, yeah. and, you know, all of these women coming together is that we're pushing each other in a, in a way that we haven't had the support for in the past. Um, but, um, yeah, I think the camaraderie stems from, you'll hear a lot of people saying that it's like war and, um, there mm -hmm. is, um, that's maybe a little bit, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's, which is not to, um, 
say that surfing waves is like war because I, I don't think they're exactly <laughs> there's some major differences <laughs> yeah. there um but in just terms of the intensity of what you're yeah. doing and um the accomplishment of um doing it and watching out for each other and and all of that just um, creates uh, much more of a kind of team vibe and um, group atmosphere rather mm-hmm. than everyone out for themselves. I mean, ultimately, it's only you riding on the wave and everyone is ultimately, you know, you do all this water safety stuff as a team. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to save yourself. Like, yeah, right. you know, so but I think there's um, there's there's that aspect. And then um, and then I think it is just a certain type of personality that's drawn to big wave surfing. Yeah. And yeah. So true. I think there's also just a camaraderie and like meeting other people that are as crazy as you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you kind of, you, yeah. Crazy attracts crazy many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause then it doesn't seem as crazy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It seems very normal when you're with other yes. people like you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a really neat aspect of, of of big wave surfing. I know it's changing. I know the lineup's different. I know kind of everybody and their mothers getting into the game. I don't. I mean, that's a, an extreme way to say that, but there's a lot more. The vibe's different, and as you said, like Twiggy said, like seeing the female, the the women contingent is like back in the day when it was him and like twenty other guys, you know, who were really the pioneers of it all. So and it's a neat mm-hmm. thing because you contrast that against your average every day in the lineup surfing six foot waves it's very different, you know, um, mm-hmm. almost slightly refreshing as well. I and mean, like the paddle sports communities like that too. There's not so much about who's big, bigger and badder, more macho. It's just more like, Oh, you finished that 30 mile you know, race between Molokai and, and Hawaii. It doesn't matter if you're first or last. It's like, here's a beer and a high five. And it's, you know, just a different sort of sense of, I don't know, community and camaraderie. Now, yeah. how about for switching gears to like your, mentioned you have a daughter you you have a Mm six-year-old daughter you have a husband the family aspect you know and sort of Mm -hmm. i don't relate what you're doing in the water or or just your the time you put into you know rearing your daughter around the ocean and is is she interested in the ocean and and sort of you and your husband developing her for a love of the ocean whether she's in it or around it etc so talk about that a little bit is that a focus for you guys with with your family yeah, well, um, my daughter's name is Nami, which means wave in Japanese. Ah, so, there we go. Um, <laughs> I think we, it was on our mind from the get-go. Um, and actually, she was conceived on a essentially a year-long surf trip that we did in order to conceive. Um, nice. So there's, there's a lot of um, blue mind thinking that went in, goes into the way we raise her. Um, cool. And, um, yeah, but it's kind of this fine line. You probably, I mean, I'd like to hear your, your strategies. You don't want to push it too hard because I don't want her to get like, um, you know, I don't want to, uh, scare her away or, um, yeah. too much pressure on her to, to do something if she, you know, cause the last thing I want to do is scare her away from it. Um, I did actually make the mistake of showing her the trailer of my documentary when she was really tiny. <laughs> she, it includes like some major wipeouts. Um, there's one of Andrea at Maverick specifically, and she's just like, oh, I'm, no. I'm never surfing, <laughs> ever. <laughs> and I was like, You're oh, like, push stop, no. push stop, pause. <laughs> um, and there was, a, there was a time when she was 
really tiny that we were out at the beach at Ocean Beach and it was um, a nice sunny day and she was totally fearless and running in and out of the water. But um, there was one point that she was running in and I could see there was a wave coming and I knew it was going to come and hit her and I knew it was going to knock her off her feet, but I chose to let it knock her off her feet and I was standing right next to her and I saw her go on her legs and I and like the second she fell I was my arms were under her and I picked her up I mean it was like not even a second that she was down but um but I saw the look of terror in her eyes (laughs) and literally for almost a year after that she would not go within a hundred yards of the water oh no no. And so that was like, oh no, what that was I more done? traumatic for you than it was for her. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. I thought I was like, you know, teaching her a lesson and I was just, just too young to learn that lesson. And I was like, uh. so it's this back and forth between like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer basically, but um, yeah. I am trying to, um, I brought her with me on this big wave water safety summit trip to the Azores actually because um, recently this was um, last month but she also came on that trip with us five years ago um, when she was just a tiny little baby my husband went on um, the same trip to the Azores um, for the start of this five-year exploration that Joao de Macedo this um, Portuguese big wave surfer um, he started this expedition of the Azores five years ago and um, my husband wrote a story about it for surfer and I made a short film about it and she was along with us and and so as much as i can i'm just like immersing her in it i guess is what i'm saying and um as much as i can um oh she also came with me on one of my shooting trips to maui because i really wanted her to um you know i want her to just meet be around these women and Mm. i think that's the most the biggest gift i can really give her is to just give her these experiences even if it's just hanging even if it's just hanging around these women that she knows now she knows like when she sees a picture of Paige or she sees big waves she's like oh that's Paige, that's that's andrea and she gets really excited about um seeing these women on the waves and and it's just entirely normal for her to right to see these women and these role models and and that's what i want i just want her it to be normal and for her to know that she can do that too yeah yeah i'm a fan of that approach too i mean having three kids of my own and two daughters and it's like exposing them to these things um kind of letting them test their own limits so to speak like you could have picked her up Mm -hmm. and not gotten you know swept by that wave or you let her and you know kind of gauging how you interact to sort of help them (laughs) help prevent any disasters in the water but but exposure and then also the community aspect as you're mentioning i think that's a strong one and ryan is the same thing as you know i got a great crop of friends my age and younger too, men and women who are in the water, positive living, you know, helpful, good community people, and then making sure that, you know, my kids are exposed to them. Uh, and then they, they'll choose, you know, ultimately, if, mm-hmm. if how deep they go with their ocean lives there in themselves and it might be Mm -hmm. fast to develop um and it might be slow to develop but uh it's like that the approach of exposing them then let them sort of decide you know when it's right yeah yeah that's that's the plan but parenting is nothing it's almost probably easier to go swimming and 30 foot surf than it is parenting (laughs) yes it is (laughs) for sure oh cool so then sachi um any kind of fun Final thoughts. One thing I, you know, getting back to one of the 
and I've had other folks on the podcast who ha- like I really enjoy and appreciate sort of your, your focus on um, you know the the empowerment of women through the pay, the the quality of it all, and just your general vibe of being strong in the water. Again, as it, I have my daughters are thirteen and they're strong in the water, and it's just there's not enough great women role models we could have or men role models for that matter. So I really appreciate what you're doing. But any kind of I don't know thoughts, you know, if there's if there's a, a young lady listening to this at some point now or in the future who's like, man, I would like to do that. I would like to be in the water or pursue some kind of passion that has a, a I shouldn't say dangerous aspect, but a challenging as challenging physical aspect, like w- with what you, you do. Any kind of thoughts or I don't know wisdom <laughs> to impart upon that that young lady somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I think it is dangerous, and I think that that's okay. I think that uh, danger should not equal uh, can't do, especially for women and young girls. There's uh, statistics out there, I don't have it in front of me, of how often parents will tell a young girl to be careful versus a young boy. Right, right. Um, So I think there's a long way to go in um, changing that mindset and understanding that danger and um, risk are all part of play and growth, you know? Um, so I think that, um, you just have to go for it. You just have to, yeah, foster those, uh, nurture those dreams and, um, and you fail to just, I mean, that's the real gift that I think big wave surfing has given me and is that you're failing 90% of the time. I mean, yeah. You know, that it's it's really so much about failure. And in terms of those, I had someone telling me um, a few weeks ago, which I like the idea of um, wipeouts are just a continuation of you riding on that wave. (laughs) Yeah, it's still part of the ride. And it's right. Kind of think about the whole experience of, you know, and the whole not from paddling to wipeout. But that's the whole that's the whole ride. It's not just that glory moment on the wave. Um, and for swimming, though, only other thought I was um, wanting to just mention is I had, uh, where what I don't know when, Monday of last week, Friday, I went body surfing. Oh, it was Friday. Last week, I went body surfing. No camera, no oh, yeah. my fins, which was, you know, my, my first love. And yep. I, it was just a good reminder that I need to do that more to just tap into that, yeah. just, um, you know, the soul, soul feeding activities like that um but i really it's about it made me appreciate uh the difference i've been surfing actually a lot more than anything lately but um the body surfing just reminded me why i love that so much more or not so much more just why i love that and it's just about being in that energy having that energy of the wave go through you to be like on top of that energy with your body, you know, like skin to skin. Oh (laughs) Um, yeah. Versus just your feet on a board. Um, yeah. All of those things, ultimately they just fill us with energy. Right. Um, yeah. And that's critical. Yeah. Super. So I just, any, any young girl or boy that wants to do that, I think it's, uh, just keep encouraging them and, keep at it because it has given me so much in life um from my child to my partner to my work to everything it's just the gift that keeps on giving yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i totally agree with you there and um 
I definitely agree. And especially the body surfing thing for me, it's like a grounding, you know, it's like I spend my time, like I'm fishing and diving and surfing and kind of like, oh, I should be doing this. Okay. I'm going to go do that. And then suddenly it's like, dude, look how nice those little barrels look. There's nobody out there. And then it kind of, it grounds me. So, so to speak, you know, it's just pure, you never really have to hassle anybody. It's just you and waves. Usually, uh, it is a very cool reminder, you know? Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Back basics yeah the whole thing well Sachi uh thank you so much for sharing with with us all today uh, it's been really fun and uh again like I always wake up like well it's been an hour like just getting lost and imagining what you know your experiences are you know swimming in these big waves taking shots and everything and uh all your energy putting into you know the the female the, the women community around you you know so thanks for doing all of that you know you're being you're a great role model for the next generation and great role model for everybody so uh <laughs> thanks again for today thank you thanks for doing these stories and getting them out there yeah, absolutely. Well, I will put some no- uh, links in the show notes to um, all kinds of different any any of the causes you're talking about. If there's if there's um, any trailers to your movie or anything else you'd like to share, yeah. we'll, we'll put those in the show notes and uh, get some people. Changethefilm.com. Uh, ah, easy one. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Well, I can't wait to see when it comes out. Thank you. Okay. Well, good luck okay. and thanks again. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, please, you know, uh, hype us up on social media. Always appreciate, you know, spreading the word. Uh, give us a nice little rating on the uh, your podcast app and uh, just keep tuning in. If you're interested in being on the show and sharing some of your life stories, uh, hit me up, josh at thisoceanlife.tv. You can PM me on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Anyway, thanks again for being here and uh, have a great day.